likely demonetized. I'm your host, the Troll King Johnny Williams. Today we have a very special guest, agricultural genius, financial genius, the only person that I knew that saw the coronavirus was coming, Mr. Joe Rogers. Hello, how are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Now, um, especially with this current situation, what do you think the importance of prepping is? I think uh, at any time, uh, prepping is an important component in lifestyle, right? Whether you're prepping for uh, a healthier future for you and your family in regards to food safety, um, economic security, or personal protection, um, it is good to be prepared across the board. In the current situation, if you were prepared, then you would not be as nervous or stressed or worried about the future. I agree 100%. I was completely unprepared, you know, and you actually told me a bunch of times to start prepping. You told me you were prepping. I didn't think it was going to be as serious as it was, but you know, you're right. Prepping is pretty important. And I think that we should all learn from our mistakes from not prepping and going forward, just be prepared for anything because nobody saw this coming. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? That's what they say. And, uh, you know, I didn't have everything, right? You can't have, I didn't have toilet paper. You know, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was, I was in, in a, in, in, in a pinch just like everybody else for that. But, uh, it was kind of funny. I go come out of the grocery store and the only thing I had was toilet paper because I didn't need anything else. Yeah. Well, luckily for me, my mom works at a grocery store, so I had a connection, but people, people hoarded the weirdest stuff. Yeah. Toilet paper. What was it? What was the second thing? I can't think of it off the top of my head. But I saw Lysol, toilet paper. Alcohol's gone. You still can't get that. Oh, yeah. For oh, yeah. making your own sanitizer. Yeah. But sanitizer's gone. Sanitizer's gone. But, you know, the funny thing is, when I took my girlfriend to get her coronavirus test the other day for work, I noticed that they had New York State-issued sanitizer. Yeah. It's very watery. I tried it. That was Stewart's that I, up north. They have it on the counter for anybody to use. Yeah, and it's weird. That's That's, that, that's what I'm getting to. I went to the liquor store and they had New York state sanitizer. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird that they're trying to profit and they're selling sanitizer. They're still selling fear. Maybe it's tied into the, uh, the prison population needing to pay for its, uh, pay for, pay for that whole system. Maybe. I know that the state's in a lot of trouble with their, with their debt bubble that they got going on. Not so much a debt bubble, but the, um, budgets shortfall. Yeah. Up to 30 billion. I hear. Yeah. For New York state. So how do you feel about them just letting criminals out? To, to protect against the coronavirus. Um, letting criminals out. I think if we had a proper reform of how, you know, certain crimes are dealt with, right? Like let's talk about minimum sentences on, you know, drugs or or, or possession. And if, if those are the criminals that were getting let loose, I mean, I wouldn't have a, a big issue with it. Um, you know, if I, you hear reports that they're letting out pedophiles and rapists. And, um, you know, you know, part of me says, well, bring them close while, while I'm ready and prepared. But the other part of me says, what the hell would you ever let a rapist and a, uh, and a pedophile out of jail for in the to begin with? I mean, if, if, uh, you know, our society agrees that people who do bad things should be in prison, then regardless of what kind of situation we have, uh, when things are at their most hairy in society, it's more important than ever to have those bad people in jail. Exactly. Especially when, now that we have the riots and everything, the police are basically, they have their hands tied behind their back. And also I was thinking that they're letting criminals out of jail, rapists and pedophiles, but they're arresting moms in the park for gathering with other moms and playing. 
Have you seen that video? I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I've seen that. They're arresting moms who are marching with Black Lives Matter. I'm not sure if they're staying on bail, you know, if they're, if they're being held on bail, but they're getting arrested too. Yeah, a lot of people are getting arrested right now. Yeah, speaking of Black Lives Matter, how do you feel about that whole situation? All right, so I, I support Black Lives Matter. Um, and when you, when you have an issue like this that uh, touches us all, right, prejudice, and it comes out into the foreground or it comes out into the, the national dialogue, I think it's really important to take it seriously. And so that's what I did. And, and uh, I spent a lot of time in general over the past 12 years watching videos and lectures and reading books. Most of that is financially geared. And a lot of that comes from the right. So a lot of my exposure is from the right. But in, as far as Black Lives Matter is concerned, I don't, I don't think that should be a right-left issue. Um, and, it, and it's been politicized as such. You know, is it a leftist controlled manifestation? I don't know. And I don't think it matters. I think what matters is that there is an issue of prejudice that is there. It's an undercurrent uh, in our society. Um, me and you, you don't feel it right now. I don't feel it anyway. Yeah, and, just, to, just to let you guys know, I'm black and my friend Joe is white. Yeah, so, uh, so I don't feel that right now. But in, in general, in society, that undercurrent is there. I actually got called out uh, uh, on, on Facebook the other day that uh, you know we don't have a racism problem in America. And I sat and I contemplated it. I had to think about it. And so I went on Webster's Dictionary and I found the definition of racism which is much more geared towards racial superiority and as opposed to prejudice. But it's not, it's not about superiority because I'm white. It's more about, um, you know, a, a feeling of discomfort. And that's the way I read into it anyway. And what I can remember saying it right now, I, I should probably pull it up. But he, you were right. There isn't racism. I don't think the big issue is that, that, that uh, well, you know. Let me stop you just for one second. A lot of people don't even know the difference between racism and prejudice. So, That's why I looked it up. Yeah. And you called me out on it yesterday on Messenger. And I, and I was thinking about it, you know, and I went and I looked into it. And, and I'm going to agree with you. I don't think it's really about racism. This is about prejudice. And uh, there's definitely an undercurrent of prejudice in the society. So, um, you know, I have uh, six nieces and nephews, two on my wife's side, four on my side. And um, on my wife's side... My, my brothers that, that uh, have kids, they married uh, Korean girls. So the whole, my whole family line from here on out is going to be half Korean, half white, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, even in my own lineage, it's not all white, right? But um, when I see this Black Lives Matters issue before us, where, uh, you know, you have a segment of society that in some respects are getting treated differently, right? Get, they're they're getting um are there you know there's a lot of statistics and I know you're a statistics guy and you could throw some out there for me I watch a lot of Candace Owens she's always throwing out statistics yeah um but you know is there a disproportionate I guess it's the right word is there you know disproportionate amount of police brutality against black people now I don't have black any black people in my family but if that same cry was being brought up by the Asian community right then it would hit closer to home but the stuff I say would be the same. My, my rhetoric, my rhetoric would be consistent. Where anytime an authoritarian entity is pressing down on the American people, all American people should rise up and say, "Hey, you know, that's not how we want this country to be." I know, but as a white person, if you were to just say "All Lives Matter," people would attack you online. The semantics between Black Lives Matters and All Lives Matters. All I can say is this: is that it doesn't hurt me as a white guy to give attention 
to a black issue. It doesn't hurt me, right? It doesn't diminish me. It doesn't take anything away from me. All it is is me helping somebody. Exactly. So I don't have an issue of putting that at the forefront of this discussion. And that's just my personal opinion. I already did a cast about... And I want to just have another little anecdote about that. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, you know, where I work, there's a... A kid. He's at, he's at the he's at the he's at where I work all the time. I work with his grandma, and he, he hangs out there for hours at a time. He's seven years old, great at sports. He's black, and um, you know we watched the whole stock market crash during March together. And I would babble on to him because nobody else would listen to me, and he listened. Right? I, he he knows more about options and puts than anybody else where I work. I don't even know because that. he he listened. Right? But uh, anyway, you know I would hate to think about seeing this kid who I like. He's a nice kid. Uh, about seeing this kid 20 years from now and we have and maybe not speaking to each other in the next 20 years and we have that undercurrent because in our society there is that prejudice that that is there and i and i don't like to think that him or my nephew my asian nephew or my white nephew have to to grow up in that kind of place and i think that it's a learned behavior and i think that at some time in human history we're going to have to deal with that human behavior uh there's a book uh, war and remembrance written by herman walk and he said, and I have to paraphrase because I don't have it written down, but he said that, he said that we have, we have as a, as a, as a, as a species overcome cannibalism, overcome slavery, and we have to overcome war. It's the next challenge, mm -hmm. right? And that's what, that's what was pretty much in the forward of his book. And I'd like to add racism to that. And I think that he would find, or not racism, but, but prejudice. I would like to add prejudice to that list. And I think that putting prejudice in that list he would be uh, comfortable with and he would think it's a worthy cause and that the edifice of, of prejudice that is permeates throughout the entire world, different races. Um, uh, and it's a two way street, right? It's not just a one way street. It's definitely a two way street. And that edifice is, is, is here because, because people don't want to talk about it. People don't want to engage with it and, and people don't want to, 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 to check their own feelings, emotions and, 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 and rhetoric and talk. And they don't want to check that. And to, in order to set a better example for the uh, next generation, I mean, and I think it's a communication problem. People just don't want to talk anymore. I told you, I got three death threats just from not agreeing that Black Lives Matter isn't a hate group. I know how you feel about it. I feel a little bit different about it. Like, right. I already did a cast about how I think they're a joke, so I won't get into it again. But I mean, it's it. Of course, it's politicized. The real joke is all these corporations are now so virtuous. You know, I turned on Modern Warfare last night, and before every round, I get a Black Lives Matter message before every round. Like, I need to be reminded. You know, the official announcement of the PS5 was postponed because of COVID-19 a couple days ago. Today, they said that it was because Black Lives Matter. They cut off GTA Online last night. They cut off Red Dead Redemption Online last night. How does that help? My girlfriend had a meeting today at her job just to be told that Black Lives Matter. I mean, these companies think that just because they virtue signal that the outrage mob won't eventually come for them, too. I mean, one slip up, they will come for them. You know, people are trying to cancel Wendy's for donating to the Trump campaign. The outrage mob is just it's a ridiculous concept, you know, and it was actually a personal franchise guy who donated it. But, you know, if you go to Twitter, all the blue check marks were just tearing Wendy's apart, cancel Wendy's. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, most of them probably don't even understand how franchises work. So you got two different sides there, right? You got the left and the right. And, and the, uh, what, what side are you on? 
I'm not neither, actually. See? I mean, I took this political test the other day uh, just because I was challenged as a right winger because I own a gun. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I held, I, you know, I held the contention in this conversation online and I hold the contention now and I will hold that contention forever that the second amendment is not a, a right or left issue. It is, um, it's, it's an American right. It is put in the charters of freedom as part of our founding documents. They are not 100% perfect, but nothing in life is nothing in the world is or ever was. And so those, uh, the, 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 the second amendment to me is not a right left issue. So I took a political test, right. And I came down and, and there's four quadrants, right. And then, you know, it asked you a series of questions. I think it was like 40 questions. And I came down on the left, very libertarian. Um, and, and that, and that was my, my, according to this test, right. The psychology, that was, that was my political leanings. Um, in general, uh, I don't know if I have, uh, I don't really subscribe to one particular uh, party. I, I briefly read the uh, uh, Libertarian Party, which was founded in 1971. And, you know, they preach small government. Um, and, uh, you know, that is something that resonates with me. Um, I am a capitalist, right? I am an entrepreneur, I should say. Uh, I... Uh, I've had three businesses and, you know, once this pandemic mess is over, once the world um, either heals from COVID or just throws their hands up and says, all right, let's let this burn through the population. Let's be honest. Those are the two choices or or that it, it, it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a hoax. Right. We don't know because there's so much dif disinformation put out there by all sides. Um, so I am on neither side. Um, I, I don't uh, I, I really believe that um, that this country needs a third party. Um, there's a map that I have all over my Facebook page. It was the results of the 2016 election. And in that uh, election, in that map, you know, they, they counted no vote as a vote. Um, and the election results were pretty much off the top of my head, uh, 51 electoral votes for Hillary Clinton, 16 for uh, Trump, and no vote would have had an electoral count of 471. So this country does not want right or left. This country voted because no vote should be a vote. This country voted very much neither party. They don't want either one of these, these, these parties. And uh, I think that a third party candidate this election cycle would be awesome. I spend a, a day, all day today, playing around with uh, um, General James Mattis's uh, credentials and, 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 and things that he has done. Just about the 2016 election, did you see that episode of South Park where it was a choice between- I've never watched South Park. Oh, it was a choice between a total douche or a turd sandwich. Oh, so that sounds was, like uh, the election. Yeah, it was the election. Yeah. And my political views, I consider myself very much libertarian. I agree a lot more with Republican right-wing views. And I know, I know the right-wing and Republican, it's not conflated like that. But I, I'm very liberal in many ways. But I just think that some of the things that Republicans say, especially financially, make a lot more sense. Hey, that's that's one of the things that uh, that's that's a positive that I would pull from the Republican Party also is that they are business friendly, just like positive I'd pull from the Democratic Party is that they are labor friendly. And 
I, I have a project that I'm working on that I'm going to uh, I'm going to I'm going to launch. I don't I don't care what's going on with the um, with the COVID-19 and next season as far as uh, how threatening that would be to business. I am going to launch an ESOP, which is an employee stock ownership program. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do that um, in relation with my farm. And I have a pretty exciting idea that I'm not going to share right here, but has to do with that. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I totally going to share it all over the world and I come back on your channel and talk about it until I'm blue in the face, but that is going to, it's a big project. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that, that one of the things on the left that I, that, that I do like is that they want to, they, well, they, they, they say they want to, um, they want to do more for poor people or they want to do more for the disadvantaged. And I like that. Right. Um, you know, in my, my ESOP that I'm going to set up, it is, uh, it is, it is going to be geared towards charity, right? My goal is, is not to make millions of dollars, right? I'm 40, 42. So I, I've had something, my boat has gone. I've made a little bit of money. I've had a couple of businesses. My restaurant was successful. I closed it because I wanted to. And my next business venture is not going to be a drive or push for money. It is going to be a drive and a push to do something better to, I'm not going to say help the disadvantaged, but I'm going to say to give a, a boost to those who maybe don't have that financial education because our education system doesn't teach financial education or to those that, uh, you know, have uh, demonstrated to me uh, that they, they, they know how to work and then just show them how to work smart. See me, I feel like, I feel like the left is actually doing more to hurt disenfranchised people and people that might not have so many opportunities by, I mean, you don't hear people on the right every day on TV talking about black people are oppressed, minorities are oppressed. You don't hear them talking about that every single day on TV. It's a talking point. It's a talking point. I on agree. The left. But if you're told that over and over again, like growing up. And the right, they say they're coming for your guns. So Exactly. And, and they're, they're both bad in their own ways. Like, trust me, when I watch Fox News sometimes, it just gets so repetitive. Just like watching CNN with all their outrage, Fox News with all their, well, this is a fact and you know, the left wing is coming for your guns. We know by now they can't take our guns. We already know that because Barack Obama was in office for eight years. Bill Clinton was in office for eight years. Barack Obama controlled the house, the Senate and the presidency. And we still have our guns. They're not coming for our guns, but they'll tell you that on Fox news. No, it's just both sides. It, it, you're right. We do, I, to, I, and I want to make it. a statement. And, and I don't know if everybody knows the story. It's something I've said a million times, um, but it's a, it's a statement that should put both sides at ease. And if I was in charge of the media, like one of the four people that are um, in the whole entire world, yeah, I would I would make the, I would this is what I, how I would control the narrative to the Second Amendment's uh, uh, discussion is that um, the. Uh, head of the Navy or the, the Supreme Commander of Armed Forces for Japan um, at World War, during World War II, just before Pearl Harbor, uh, or it was after Pearl, uh, after, just after Pearl Harbor happened, at, was asked why he didn't make a push for the American mainland. And his response was simple, because behind every bush, there's a gun. And that should put everybody at ease, right? I mean, how the hell is the government going to take your guns? If there's a gun behind every door and as far as the left is concerned, you know, that gives 
every disadvantaged person power and 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 self protection. And you know, I, I don't see why right. that does that story wouldn't solve the issue on Second Amendment rights. Besides the fact that it's in the Constitution and Charter. Well, the freedom. thing that, the thing that's so suspicious with me about the left and them always want to go and grab because they do. It's a talking point. They use it when they're campaigning. Joe Biden said that he was going to have Beto O'Rourke make sure that he was on his cabinet to take away everybody's guns. Because you remember when Beto was like, we're going to come sure, and take over. I'm not familiar over. with that name. Oh, Beto O'Rourke, he was, he was one of the candidates for, for this election. Uh-huh. He was like, hell yes, we're going to come take your AR-15s. Hell yes, we're going to come take your AK-47s. And Joe Biden was like, yeah, he can take he can take all their AR-17s. Like Joe Biden doesn't know what he's talking about. He's They need a new candidate. But anyway, um, the thing that bothers me about a branch of government wanting to take your guns away is because the Second Amendment isn't to protect your house. It's not protect your family from burglars or intruders. It's to protect against a tyrannical government. That's another thing that should put both sides at ease. Yeah. So why why is one side saying, okay, we don't think the government's going to go tyrannical? I mean, look at what's going on right now. I have an answer to that. Is It is the Hegelian dialectic, the problem-reaction-solution. It is the way that government manipulates us, right? They, yep. they, they create a problem, right? Let's throw this in there. Let's throw Second Amendment in there. Let's throw abortion in there. Let's throw an issue in there and create a reaction, right? And then the reaction happens, and then they step in with a solution. Uh, you know, we're witnessing right now a reaction to the Black Lives Matters movement. Right. Right. Which, you know, so we're going to find this. They're, they're going to they have a solution, I believe, already in in, in line, in tow. And, uh, you know, the, over the course of time, we're going to see what their solution is. But bringing it back to that, um, bringing it back to uh, the corporate response, um, bringing it back to the left right response to to Black Lives Matters movement is that I think that it, it 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 should be boiled down to it is a, a an issue to make the country better right right uh, this is this is a I, I watched a speech um, by James Baldwin it's the first time I ever heard that name um, and he's an author 1965 and you know I want to say he was over in Britain making a speech because all the white guys were sounded sounded British but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, go ahead. But but anyway, he he he. It was a great impassioned speech, and he it was was such elegance. I can't even quote it without having a piece of paper in front of me. But you know, it, it's it's a it's, it would be a great thing for everybody to listen to. And and my my gut tells me that you know us as a society bringing up issues that make society better and putting one narrative in front of all other narratives. Not because that narrative matters more, but because that is an issue. It's the same issue for all of us. And to put that on a pedestal, if you want to call it that, to put that in the foreground is going to and deal with that issue is going to make the whole world. It's going to make the whole country. And when you make this whole country, when you make this country better, it does make the whole world better. It really does because 
we're the world superpower. We have been. And that's why I say put Black Lives Matters on the front. And, and, and as far as the corporate response, right? The, yeah, the, the corp corporate response, cashing, I laugh they're at. They're cashing in. I laugh at Wendy's, the whole Wendy story they had with the guy and, and the, yeah. the left getting outraged because some guy made a donation. I get outraged with, I, I, I laugh at, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ben and Jerry's, right? They, they did yes. something. Oh, now, yeah. I don't laugh at them because they're supporting the Black Lives Matters no, movement. I, I laugh at them because they are going to try to monopolize and capitalize exactly. on it. Exactly, they're manipulating it, and it's they, they don't again. care if Black Lives Matter or not. And, and that, that's that's like, and before I lose my train of thought, on the left, I just did that before. <laughs> yeah. On the left, okay, they're pushing Black Lives Matter hard, hard, just to get that support. On the right, they're completely against Black Lives Matter. Me, I'm against Black Lives Matter because I'm black, and it's like since like 1996, Black voices, we've been speaking out against black on black crime. Please help us fix our own communities. All right. But nobody cares when black people kill other black people. They only care if it's a certain race. Black Lives Matter, it's it's a capital it's a capitalist opportunity. See me? I am against Black Lives Matter because I don't understand why black lives don't always matter. You know, what do we hear about Black Lives Matter? Once every what, six months, every time a black guy gets killed by a cop? The rest of the year it doesn't matter. And since like 1996, the black community has been reaching out for help. Black voices have been reaching out for help against black on black crime. But if it's not like hashtag worthy, you don't hear about it. It doesn't matter. So is this a movement that some nefarious, some nefarious force is, is controlling on the left, right? It doesn't matter. I don't care. Um, I think it's an authentic movement. And not only does that mean that um, it should garner more support from both sides of the aisle um, when it proves itself authentic through time and repetition. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if this is controlled by the left, if the nefarious force is controlling this, I don't care. If it's a real grassroots movement, they can nudge it, they can um, manipulate it, they can sabotage it, but if it's authentic, they cannot control it because anything that is, 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 is truly embraced and is an authentic movement, whether it's, it's, it's got bad intentions or good intentions, one small group of people will not be able to uh, dominate it. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's a hashtag. That's that's why I don't like Black Lives Matter. I mean, the riots need to end. Stealing isn't helping black people. Rioting isn't protesting. And rioting isn't stopping police brutality. Now, we can have a different conversation about police brutality, but we're not going to say that police are just targeting black people. Hey, we can have a different conversation about rioting too, right? That should be staged too. Now, yes. I've heard it I've heard it said that um and I sympathize and I, uh, you know, and I and I understand the, the sentiment, but uh, you know, th I've heard it said that uh, we have spoke out, we have asked for help. This isn't the this isn't the first step of this process. This has been going on for a long, long, long time. And I, like I said, sympathize with that sentiment. It has been going on for a long, long, long time. But uh, you know, there's waves, right? There's waves in in how movements progress, and you know, you know. This is the beginning of a new wave. 
and you know maybe some patience has to be exhibited by black lives matter movement as far as as far as response is concerned and i think the response has been has been has been fabulous really i mean there's a, it's a pretty good unity movement and i i think that's been recognized it's definitely recognized by me and i think i've seen it i don't really watch the news to tell you the truth i haven't i haven't watched the news in 20 years but i mean on the on the on the, the channels on, on that i subscribe to and, and twitter and, and youtube and facebook I, i've seen a lot of positive a lot of positivity out there and uh, you know that 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 should be recognized and, and then i like to express that here that's because they're burying the negative look i'm going to show you this video right now hold on let me show you this video right now because you won't see stuff like this out there you'll see the positive things and i have no problem with peaceful protesters but there's rioters behind those peaceful protesters throwing bricks at police officers now let me say something if i said if i if i if i noticed that i've seen this right off the bat because I've done deeper, I've, I've been looking at this stuff quite a bit. How how are we gonna, you know, how are we gonna come to an agreement that I have seen this or witnessed this this video? But I watched so many of these videos before, uh, you know, in the last in the last week. I'm not sure if if anybody has, has put the time in, but I watched a lot of this stuff. Me too. I've watched both sides. I don't I don't look at right wing media and left wing media. I watch them both, and then I come to my own conclusions because they're both completely outrageous sometimes. But watch this. This one's a little bit different. All right, so you saw that. And things like that are because of race baiters like Al Sharpton. You know, he doesn't want unity. He wants superiority. I want equality. I'm black. I want equality. I want equality for, like you said, you have a lot of Koreans in your family. My girlfriend's Korean. I want, I want her to be equal to me. I want you to be equal to me. I want me to be equal to you. But when I'm supposed to say, okay, you need to give me this. You need to give me that. Oh, and we're going to talk about reparations at the end. I don't want, it's the same thing with like toxic femininity. The third wave feminists, they want superiority over men. Second wave feminists wanted equality. So one, I feel like once a cause has outlived its purpose, then it becomes toxic. The civil rights movement is done. We have complete equality. I was, I was your manager. So if the world is such a racist place, how can a black guy be your manager? So when I see Al Sharpton on TV the other day claiming that the police are committing black genocide. All right, listen, last year there were 1,004 police caused deaths. Out of those 1,004, 802 of those deaths, the race was noted. 371 were white, 236 were black. But you wouldn't know that if you blindly listened to the mainstream media. Out of the 236 black people that were killed, only 10 of them were unarmed. We can get deeper into the specifics. I don't know, maybe half of them were unwarranted. I would go on a case-by-case -case basis, but that would take a couple hours. But in a country of 325 million people, does that sound like black genocide? You know, I, I guess we'd have to break out Webster, Webster's Dictionary and look up genocide, right? I think that uh, my... my broad understanding of it is uh, the systematic killing of a certain group. Exactly. And that's my thing. A lot of people don't even know what genocide is. But if you go on Facebook right now, you scroll through your feed, all you're going to see is people saying, it's genocide on black people. The police are out there targeting black people. Police are killing black people. I know good cops and I know bad cops. I mean, I to, and I'm not, I'm not even really playing the devil's advocate because you know I I I really like the the the, the movement itself um, as a whole. But if you took the whole scope 
of you know the first black person that came over uh and to the scope to george floyd or the last black person that was killed and if you take that whole error right a thousand years from now you took that whole error and 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 you could include today in black genocide even if it's just one death over the course of a year you still can include it in black genocide if you're looking at it in, through the lens of history uh decades centuries from now yes and you know, so if you can if you can agree with that and you can see that, then there's 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 no there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to say that today, right? If you can say that a hundred years from now, why can't you say that today, right. right? If we can include the whole four hundred year scope and say, okay, well, yeah, you know, I I can sit here and tell you that the genocide was way worse in in uh, you know eighteen thirty two uh, Alabama. But, you know, does that does that uh, minimize or does that uh, make the death of George Floyd any less significant? Does that make the, the you know, the potential death of somebody that I know that's seven years old right now in 20 years, does that make that any less significant? Hell no. That, that, that's what the significance is all about, is that that one life matters and black lives matter. And that's what pisses me off about Black Lives Matter is because anybody who gets killed is important. So I don't understand why I just feel like I feel like black people are being used. That's all. That's why Black Lives Matter is pissing me off. They go on the, they go on the news, they rile us up, and now look at we're we're breaking into stores. A hundred years from now, like you said, when we're looking back at the riots, most of these people I I saw a video and I crap you not, I would usually use the S word. This dude, the police got him, he's in handcuffs, and he says, and They're like, So what are you out here doing today? He's like, I'm just getting me some stuff. Like, why? Do you know who got killed? He's like, no, nah, I don't even know his name. I'm just getting me some stuff. That doesn't help black people. That's going to help to make us look stupid in the future. And that's what makes me mad about the movement. That is a, you know, it's an observation. And uh, I would I would say that it's uh, an unfair observation because that's not what the movement is, right? The movement is not about grabbing uh, sneakers. I seen a great meme the other day. It was... Uh, uh, you know, a white guy in uh, Bass Pro Shops and the meme was, you know, hit me up when you're going to loot Bass. I don't really want to steal anything. I just want to fish the tank. Right. So, I mean, that mentality of wanting something for nothing, that's not what this Black Lives Matter movement is about. Now, what about the narrative? We talk a lot about narratives. We talk a yeah. lot about media control. What about the narrative that is pushing this movement into just a rioting frame of reference, right? And and that's an unfair thing. And another thing I want to add just before I lose my train of thought is that, you know, um, right, I'm 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 real new to social media. Um, I I got on Twitter because of COVID-19. And I got on Facebook about two weeks, I'd say, before COVID-19, um, because uh, I wanted I got bored of talking to strangers and I don't know anybody on Twitter that's a friend of mine, a real friend. So I got on Facebook. And I like to I like to press and I like to poke and I like to I like to you raise like awareness was really what I want to do. And so I got on Facebook to talk about the economy and, you know, the 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 you know George Floyd murder happened. And, and, and now we have this to talk about. But um, on Twitter, uh, you know, one of the first groups that I gravitated towards was black Republicans, was Herman Cain and Candace Owens. And oh, just to, just to let you know, love Candace Owens. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's got a lot to, of good stuff. She's so she's smart. Got a, now, one of the things that frustrates, well, it, it confuses me, right? It confuses me. Um, 
and I'm going to talk about two things that confuse me, one from each side, right? It confuses me that, and I'm, I'm going to say Candace Owens and, and, and Thomas Sorrell and, and, and uh, Killer Mike and, and, and um, you know, Herman Cain, some of the, the big black voices out there, right, that are on the right, right, some of the big black voices that are on the right, and why they don't support Black Lives Matter. Now, they're pissed off because you made a point before, right, that uh, the Democratic Party is not out for the poor. They're not out for the disenfranchised. They are out to get votes. They are out to skim off the uh, economic honeypot that is thrown at the problem because that's what this country, you know, that's 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 really what it comes down to is money is yeah. that the, that the, 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 the rich people in charge are trying to get richer. They're going to do it by taxing the middle class and they skim off the top pretending to give it to the poor. And that is the narrative that everybody should kind of uh, ingrain in their brain because that's what has happened. I don't even know if anybody really debate that uh, statement unless you uh, have your hand in the pot. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those, those things that are known and uh, that we take for granted and that we uh, have uh, been shell-shocked to is that politicians steal. And it is going on in the grand scale. But so why don't the black voices join in with Black Lives Matter? Why don't they hijack? Why don't they make an attempt? Why don't they make a run on it? Because they're pissed off. Because they're pissed off that the Democratic Party maybe started it. Who knows? You know, um, but they're definitely supporting it. So now because the Democratic Party is supporting it, they have to step away. That is how American politics have become today. Yes. That because one side takes a stance on an issue, the other side has to pull away from that issue. All right. Now, my point is the reason that we won't support Black Lives Matter, it's not because we think it was Democratic started. I'm not sure if it was or not. I walked away from the Democratic Party because of the things you just said. They're basically vampires on the black community. That's it. See, the thing with the rioting and protesting, like you just said, it's not the right that's conflating it. It's the left. They want it to be like one big movement. So they're like, okay, well, Black Lives Matters, they're speaking out. There's a movement, they're protesting, and the riots are just, it, they're just a side effect of it. And that's not true. There's a difference. It's making us look bad. And there is a difference between protesting and rioting, like we just said. But the left is the one that's conflating it, and they're conflating it because now Trump says that, and we can talk about your feelings on Trump. I'm a Trump supporter. Um, now Trump says, okay, governors, get your cities under control. Get your cities under control, or we will have to send in the military. So now that's all conflated. Now the left goes on the left-wing media and says, okay, Donald Trump says that he's sending the, he's sending the troops in to shoot down innocent black people. And that's that's not an opinion. I I watch CNN like almost every night. Now Trump is trying to dismantle Black Lives Matter and kill innocent protesters with the military. The right didn't conflate it. It was the left that conflated it, and they conflated it with Black Lives Matter. So that's why black voices are afraid to get behind it because that means that you agree with the protests and you agree with. The riots. So you're saying because the the left has grouped the two together, yes, that you can't back one and not the other. No, you can, but the people who aren't really paying attention aren't going to know the difference. So, like, I could back one and not the other, but Herman Cain couldn't. No, Herman Cain could, and you could, and I could, but like seventy percent of the population, they couldn't. They couldn't know the difference because they're because they're influenced too heavily by the media. Exactly, they don't think for themselves. People need to start thinking for themselves. 
So just to hit on a couple points there, right? Bringing it back, just because there's fear to attack an issue, right? If you're saying that you as a black man, Candace Owens and a black woman, Herman Cain, and, and, and some of the other strong black voices that I've heard, if you guys are afraid to get behind the movement because of the Democratic Party, then shame on you. The tisk tisk. Because it is an issue that you have said before or earlier in the interview that it is an issue that you've been cry that you've been that you've been pleading to get help for for a long time. So, like I said, their movements come in waves. In the '60s, there's lots of white people marching, and right now there's a lot of white people marching. It is a unity movement. Uh, when you know history looks back and they see rioters, I've seen a lot of white people rioting too. I've seen a lot of people, uh, not with my own eyes, because I'm not going to go protest. I believe in COVID, and there's a, a long history of when you pit, when you put police and rioting protesters, violent, you know, when there's an, a shred of violence, even when there isn't a shred of violence, let's be honest, even when there isn't a shred of violence, when you put protesters and police together, there can be physical altercations, issues, and deaths. Today is June 7th, 6th. Somewhere around there. June 4th was the anniversary. Day 975 of lockdown. <laughs> I know that reference. Will Smith. And um, so, you know, two days ago, June 4th was the anniversary of Tiananmen Square. Now, I don't have every fact about Tiananmen Square, uh, you know, nailed down. I don't know if it was a violent protest. I don't think it was. Um, but I know 10,000 people died. And when you that's why I personally am not going to go march at this point. When they call upon the Second Amendment supporters and want help, and not these, uh, not these guys that I I just seen an article on it today, the uh, Bogo Gang or some shit like that. I forget. Oh, excuse me, some some group like that. But the, there's a, there is a, a Second Amendment contingent that has uh, visited the Minneapolis riots, and um, you know it's white guys with guns, and they're they're uh, they're marching alongside Black Black Lives Matter. Um, but there's been incidences of uh, violent altercations, I guess, from this this group. I mean, I'll look it up on the phone to find out exactly what it is. And bringing it back. So if there's a fear by the, 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 the strong voices in the black Republican community to not want to engage this issue when there is support, a unity support, then tisk. There is an issue, but the issue isn't Black Lives Matter. The issue is police brutality. Exactly. We need to fight police brutality together as a unified people. The Black Lives Matter, the reason that the strong black voices won't get behind Black Lives Matter is because it's already been corrupted to the point where no. we could never have it back. You, you can't you can't you can't say something that's 10 days old is corrupt. How long? It's like 12 days old? No, this started back with Michael March, Brown. Well, this well, started back with this, Michael Brown. This this uh this this uh what's called uh Protest. I was going to say uprising, but it's not an uprising. An uprising to me implies arms, right? So this is not an uprising. Yet. But this, this, when George Floyd was murdered on the twenty fifth of, of, of May, was it somewhere twenty sixth? I don't know the exact. Story. I, I don't know the I don't exact date. I'm sorry, but you know, so it's not. It's not something that's been going on a long time. You can't say it's corrupted yet. And you know, just because something is corrupted doesn't mean you can you can't go and fix it. And we could tie that right into the damn community because. Our, our not uh, not community uh, economy because our economy is very very corrupted. Our pol political system is very very corrupted. Does that mean that somebody who is a, a supporter of the Constitution is going to say, okay, forget every politician, forget all the economy, forget every single pension, forget every single uh, 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 promise to pay that this government has 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 given its citizens, and say we got to throw it all out? No, but I think that something as corrupt as Black Lives Matter. It, like I said, it's a hashtag. 
I think that the powerful black voices, my voice isn't half as big as Candace Owens's, you know? We should start our own movement to protect black lives, but we should also care about black lives in black cities, like Chicago. What do they have, like 54 murders a weekend? Why isn't BLM protesting out there? They only come out when they know that they're going to get attention. Like I said, is there a leftist nefarious force controlling the reins? And they do have a huge influence on the media. Now, I mentioned before, four people control the media. I just learned, I just heard that the other day. I haven't confirmed that. I don't know exactly if it's true. No, it is true. And uh, is are they? Is that totally leftist? Uh, I mean, there's one guy. What the hell is his name? He's a billionaire. I want to say he's from Texas. And, and I, I think he owns. Well, whoever owns Fox, right? That's not leftist. No, he's not. So what's his name? Is it Ted? Ted. Um, right, Ted something. Is it Ted Turner? Does he own Fox? Yeah, that sounds right. Ted yeah. Turner. I'm going with Maybe. Ted Turner. All right, we're going with Ted Turner. Ted Turner owns one of the four, right? So, I mean, so Ted Turner runs runs one of these these outlets. So, does the does the 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 strong black voices in the in the right wing Republican Party have no say or or connection or or influence with Ted Turner? Can they not get media coverage? Can they not uh, make a breakaway move? Can there not be a secondary movement that does that's the same thing? That's what I'm talking about. Why can't about. any of those things kind of happen? That's what I'm talking about. My voice isn't that big yet, but if I do get that big, I will start a secondary movement, but it's not going to be a police hate group. I mean, I don't even know if people know about Blue Lives Matter. I said in my last video, I have friends that are cops. When Black Lives Matter go out and they start riots, I don't know if you've seen some of these megaphone soapbox preachers saying, oh, have you seen all the videos of the white people kneeling down? I just showed you one. Have you seen all the videos of like mass groups of white people kneeling down in front of black people? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have. And uh, I don't know, man. I Maybe I watched Braveheart one too many times. Um, I'm going to support Black Lives Matter. You know, I seen a picture of the United States military kneeling in front in front of a, a group of protesters, and that gave me a lot of hope. You know, like calling in the military. And you wanted to talk about Trump a little bit. Calling in the military. Uh, I, I don't know which general said it, but uh, I, I believe it was said that um, you know the military isn't trained for this. They are trained to kill. They are not trained to police. And, um, you know, bringing in the military is, a, is a, a, a huge escalation on the part of the government. And I seen that picture and it gave me a lot of hope, you know, so I, you, as a so prepper, right? As a prepper. Hold on real quick before I lose my train of thought. I don't think any person should kneel in front of any other person. There should be, unless, was, unless it's a man who is kneeling down in front of his wife to ask her to marry him. Nobody should kneel in front of anybody because that sets us back. You know, I was going to start off with that, but... I, I, that that image popped into my mind, and uh, am I am I a stronger, more proud man than than, than a United States Marine? Probably not. I mean, I've I, I've done some uh, nefarious things in my own in my own life, so I I, I wouldn't put myself uh, uh, morally higher than a than a Marine, and I wouldn't put myself uh, physically stronger than a Marine. And you know, if if I can see. Now, if I can see an organization like the Marines take a knee in front of the protesters, we'll, you know, recognizing Black Lives Matter, police brutality, because isn't that movement one and the same? I mean, is that right? You know, I, 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 I do a lot more big picture stuff. And like I, I just learned the name of the town supervisor or county supervisor. But, you know, I don't do a lot of local stuff. But like this with this Black Lives Matter, isn't it a unit? Isn't that a dual issue? I mean, 
like I said before, I put I, I have no problem saluting Black Lives Matters because it's a police brutality issue, right? I mean, when I was 16, I I, I deserved it, but I was beat down by the cops. I was handcuffed to a Same. wall and I was beaten hard. Same. And, you know, I didn't lead off with that because actually it just popped into my mind. But I mean, I, I'm a big supporter of, of, of cracking down on police brutality. I don't think even, you know, it's not like I hit a cop. It's not like I was even running from the cops. I was already chained to the wall and I was mouthing off to the cops. Right. And uh, it was all it was verbal. There was no spitting. There was no, I mean, there was plenty of swearing. And, you know, I, I, I said some very bad things. But does that give the police the right to beat down a 16-year-old child? Hell no. And does, uh, is that, is that you know, that, in my head anyway, maybe it's because, you know, I, I, I was a victim of police brutality. But in my head, it is a dual issue. What does the, what does the, um, it seems like you're a little more attuned to the finite details of what they're saying. What yes. do they say about that? Is it just black lives or is it a police brutality issue? It is a police brutality issue. I have been targeted before by racist police because there are so many racist police. Whoa, whoa, whoa. prejudice police. Prejudice police. Got you. All right, see, we learned and we learned. Um, <clears throat> but like like my story the other day where I said that cop pulled me over, where'd you get the car? Automatically assumed that I stole it. But I was very respectful. You know, I told him everything. I drove away from that feeling a certain type of way. You know, I have been since I was a younger kid. I've been targeted by the police. Now, do I think that all police are terrible? No. How many people do you know that are terrible at their job? How, how many people do you know that get drunk with power? Look at Andrew Cuomo right now. He's terrible at his job. He's drunk with power. He won't let us out of our house. I'm going to tell you something about this, about this COVID thing, because I've been studying this COVID thing. I, I actually I actually stopped studying. Oh, wait, real, real quick. I want to hear everything you have to say about that, because you were the first person that I knew that actually took it seriously. That video I showed you earlier is a lot different than actually just respecting Black Lives Matter. So yeah, I was just talking about stuff like that video that I showed you earlier. Like, that's not okay. And people are weaponizing the Black Lives Matter movement to do stuff like that. And it's just not a right. Like, and I know like everybody's not like that, but this is why I don't respect Black Lives Matter. This is why I think we need a new movement with new people and new leaders. Uh, well, the video I seen that kid was, uh, that person, I don't know if it was a kid because you don't see his face, but that person was a CEO of Black Lives Matter. No, he would, he, he was, claimed to be, he, no, he claimed that his boss, the CEO. And of course, I don't even know, I can't even be educated enough to know if Black Lives Matter has a CEO because it's a movement. Do movements have CEOs? He just walked up to a random white lady and pretended to be, oh, my boss said that he needs you to kneel in front of me. I don't think anybody should kneel in front of anybody under any circumstances. All right, so we're going to learn a little bit together here. We're going to we're going to I'm going to I'm going to learn myself about some things I don't know about uh, Black Lives Matter and I'm going to <laughs> you guys are going to learn uh, on how ignorant I am on some of this stuff. So, first of all, oh, and let me just say I'm ignorant on some of this stuff too. I don't know everything. Like the dude who called me the other day trying to say he was going to come kill me. I don't know everything. Yeah, but nobody does. I'm always open to listen to have an open dialogue. So the kneeling, right? Now, my perception of the kneeling is out of respect for all black lives throughout the last 400 years of history. And I would contend that, uh, you know, that kneeling should be for all 
subjugated people by authoritarian rule throughout the history of time, right? Now, that's my perception of kneeling, uh, you know, uh, and, and in respect for, for George, Floyd, George Floyd and the single instance of, of his murder. Um, also, let me interject this kid, real quick. This person. Let me interject real quick. Kneeling is also something that you do when you've been conquered. Hmm. This this guy, he he is one person, right? And he appears to me anyway to be taking advantage of one other person uh, who uh, was she, you know, using white privilege to to have her kneel. And uh, it looks like you know she has some white guilt, um, and she she's kneeling and she bowed to that peer pressure of of kneeling uh, in. Um, I'm not even going to say it was intimidating because. What he said wasn't violent or mean or anything. The uh, the the single person claiming to be a Black Lives member having another person kneeling in um, you know apologizing for white privilege. My perception is that that is not what Black Lives Matter is about. It's about police brutality. It's about honoring one man. It's about honoring the lives of uh, victims of police brutality um, and Black Lives. And that's one segment of the American society. That um, it doesn't it doesn't diminish me to to uh, you know pay tribute to them. Um, they've been they've contributed greatly to the country um, over the course of time and uh, still do today. Um, I learned a new fact the other day that the first victim in the Revolutionary War was a black guy. Uh, his name uh, was escapes me because it was it was. Uh, it was a new name for me, but he uh, he he was the first victim of the Revolutionary War, um, and uh, you know he was a, he was a black guy, half black guy. Um, so they they it's a big contributing, and so for my that's my perception of the kneeling. This looks like an isolated incident. I don't know. I don't know if that's why everybody's kneeling. I haven't gone to a protest. Um, I'm not going to go to a protest uh, in anytime soon. Uh, I'm still a little skittish about COVID, and I still. Uh, I still think that there's a, a potential for the police to be set against the rioters or not rioters, the protesters, not for um, not for, uh, you know, breaking any kind of laws. But because eventually I think the authoritarian rule of this country is going to want to put a stop to this. And traditionally, that's how things are stopped. They are especially when there's resistance. It is stopped by uh, the heavy hand of authoritarian rule and I don't think for one minute that our government is uh, is is above that, and that's why I see in those soldiers, the, the Marines, the proud Marines kneeling. I don't think they were kneeling to apologize for white privilege, and I'm not. I didn't look close enough, but you know, there's a lot of black Marines, so uh, you know, some of the some of the Marines in that photo might have been black. I didn't actually look that close, um, but they were kneeling in honor of support of the movement, support of Black Lives Matter, support of police anti-police brutality. And um, I think that, uh, you know, that's important to, to keep in focus. And I think we need a new movement, PBM, Police Brutality Matters, because you know what? Every time a black cop uses excessive force to kill a black teenager or black unarmed person, you will not hear about it. You know, movements morph, right? They change and metamorphosize. And it's one of the things that I liked about um, Occupy Wall Street, right? It it had critiqued that it didn't have a focus, but I think one of its strengths is that it had many issues. And I think that, you know, a lot of the same people that were protesting in Occupy Wall Street uh, very well could be part of Black Lives Matter. They might be career protesters for all I know, but 
you know, the, the, the movement itself, it got way bigger than one small nucleus of, of, uh, you call it instigators or, or whatever. Um, it got way bigger than that. Right. It was, it was, it was, it was all over and they had multiple issues and this movement can multiply or more metamorphize, metamorphosize into a bigger movement and have, have a grander focus. Um, and, uh, you know, I think one of the top issues should remain police brutality, um, whether they're all inclusive in uh, putting all lives matter in the vernacular uh, is, is, is irrelevant to me. Like I said before, I think by supporting my fellow American, it will raise my own um, uh, security, right. By, by, by helping one group. I mean, unless I don't think they're going to pass a law that, well, you know, you can beat a white guy, or you can kill a white guy, but you can't kill a black guy, right? Okay. I don't think that law is going to be passed. But I'm not in fear of that. That is what we're coming to. No, they're not going to pass a law. It is okay. That's going to say it's okay. You're not going to get in. Tr- you're not. If they do a, 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 a like a like they did some law in 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 um, Minnesota that was that was that was talking about uh, it's easier to prosecute police, right? They introduced that bill, and that's probably going to well, get that's introduced all over. Police are you. Yeah, their unions make it very hard to yeah. prosecute police. So they are not going to introduce a bill that says, uh, you know, if you kill a, a, a person that you th- this is the law they're going to have that you are not going to get special protection of the law. Right. That's basically the, the, the inherent intent in the in the law that they're trying to that they're proposing and introducing. They're not going to say, well, if you if you kill a black person, then you're not going to be able to get off scot free. That you're gonna. That you, but if you kill a white guy, you're still going to get that same protection you have. Oh, speaking. They of are that. not. Do no. Listen to that. They are okay. not going to make that law. They can't make that law. I know. That's what I'm saying. Right. So I don't have a problem supporting Black Lives Matter if that's what their aim is is to is to is to minimize the the police brutality that goes on across all races. All right. So thank you. That really really has opened my eyes. Like. Maybe the Black Lives Matter movement isn't so corrupt that it can't be taken over by strong, powerful black voices. So Minnesota. And I just want to add something to that, because if this is a police brutality issue. It should be. And it is a unity movement. It doesn't have to be strong black voices that take it over. It just has to be strong voices. It doesn't have to be about color at all. Exactly. Exactly. But since Minnesota wants the virtue signal so hard. The mayor upped this police officer's charges. He's a scumbag. I do not repeat scumbags' names on my show. But this police officer who killed George Floyd, now they upped it from third-degree murder up to second-degree murder. So what do you think is going to happen? He's going to get a good lawyer. He's going to get away with it because it clearly wasn't second-degree murder. What it should have been was first-degree manslaughter. Then he'd definitely be doing time. But instead, they want a virtue signal. Oh, well, we care so much. We're going to up it to second-degree murder. It's on video. It wasn't second-degree murder. It could have been third-degree murder or manslaughter at best. Now this guy is going to walk, and what's going to happen? More protests, more riots in the streets, just because they want to pretend like they care so much. And they don't. They're just looking to get reelected. That's what pisses me off about stuff like this. I. They could have got him. He could be in jail. They could have put him in jail. But now he's going to get a good lawyer, and he's going to say, that's not second-degree murder. And he's going to prove that that's not second-degree murder. 
And now he's going to get away with it. So, and 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 forgive me because I I I don't get into details like that, right? So, and I and besides that, I'm not good with the whole first degree, second degree stuff. But so he had a lesser charge, and they upped it. And you're saying that virtue signaling, which is basically saying, look how good we are. Yeah, look 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 okay. how much we. Okay. So they're 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 they had a, they gave him a lesser charge just so they could up the charge, just so they, uh, so. But they're still not giving him the appropriate charge. Right. The appropriate charge would have been manslaughter. Like if I get in my car. Yeah. I get drunk. I get in my car. I slam into somebody. I kill somebody's family. That's manslaughter. I, I deserve to go to jail. I'm most likely going to jail. But isn't murder higher than manslaughter? Yes, it is. They can't prove that he intended to murder that guy. And now it came out yesterday that George Floyd had a really high dose of fentanyl in his system. So should anybody be kneeled on for eight minutes by a cop on their neck? Hell no. Mm. Hell no. That is wrong. Mm-hmm. Nobody should. That's... Whether it's even just a street fight, like you can kill somebody. Mm-hmm. But now, since they want to be like, we're virtuous, it's not third degree murder anymore. Now it's second degree murder. But so... now that now his lawyer, now that it's second degree murder, his lawyers are going to say, oh, well, he was high off fentanyl. He was just trying to hold him down to stop being crazy. If it was manslaughter, killing somebody by accident, but you still need to go to jail, he would be going to jail. But I bet you this cop walks because everybody wants to pretend like they care so much. They can't get this guy in second degree murder. It's impossible. Well, I mean, there's there's a, a lot of details there in that in, in that in that uh, statement. And um, all I'm going to say is that if this dude gets off, which he will, because they elevated his charges to second degree murder, it should have been manslaughter. He'd be in jail. So if he gets off, I hope that this solidifies the movement as opposed to turns it into a, a you know riotous action. The resolve of um, the movement against police brutality is enhanced and uh, through more support, through more help, through more voices, and, and as opposed to diminished by violence. Now, you know, I'm a big fan of Martin Luther King. I'm a big fan of uh, Gandhi. Uh, and uh, uh, just so you know, Martin Luther King was a Republican. Yeah, I knew that. Oh, I'm a big fan of Martin Luther King. I'm a big fan of uh, Gandhi, and I'm a big fan of Jesus. Right? I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. I pray to church, and I pray at uh, Stonehenge. I'm a, you know, I believe in all the gods and goddesses. Um, but Jesus said a lot of good things. So did Gandhi, and so did Martin Luther King, and 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 they walked their talk. You know, that's a, that's a hard thing for me to do. I turn the other cheek and all that. But uh, if if this guy gets off. Then hopefully the the movement stays in a peaceful direction because physical confrontation against the United States government is is not going to be an easy road to travel, right? Uh, that's one of the things that I said gave me hope when the when the when the Marines were kneeling because you know as a as a as a prepper, right? Everybody likes to come at me, uh, you know. You know, what are you getting ready for? Who are you going to fight? And I said the same thing. You know, you were right. Who am I going to fight? I, I I don't I don't have plans to fight anybody, but that's what preparing's about. You're ready to fight anybody, right? Yeah, now, like, why do you have so many guns and why do you have so much ammo? Because of situations like this. Like, you don't know how bad are the riots going to get. You have to be prepared. I am prepare not. Yourself. I am. I am. I'm, I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you. I am less nervous about rioters coming to my house. I'm going to be honest with you too. Me, is that me, I'm me too. We live in nice neighborhoods. Well, it's not even about the nice neighborhood. It's it's about that. You know, I mean, I've lived. I there there was a riot in downtown Albany, right? Uh, you know, I had a restaurant right by the McDonald's. My restaurant was literally three doors up, 
They and, broke into Colony Center. And did you hear uh, about yeah, I did that? hear about that. And and I had an apartment that was uh, uh, half a block from that McDonald's. And I so I lived right in that neighborhood back in the day. And I had a restaurant there for seven years. And I mean, I never had any issues. Uh, I never got broken into. I mean, I remember passing out in the park and falling asleep in my, you know, in the park right there in that neighborhood. But, you know, it's it's not about the neighborhood. It's about that. I think people are inherently good. And I think that this movement is inherently good. Um, I think that uh, there are bad apples. Um, and I think that even bad apples can have good actions, right? And I think that's one of the reasons that yeah, that there's some, some defense bad of the rioters by the protesters. Bad apples make good apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, I, there's there's some there's some like there's I think that's one of the reasons that there is support for people that are doing bad stuff by the protesters that are doing good stuff because during the day they're doing good stuff, right? Yeah. Doing march, they're they're hanging out with everybody and 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 they're supporting the movement, and then things get. You know, the lights go down, things like that. From my point of view, if there was a curfew and, you know, the protest embraced that curfew and didn't have protests after dark, I think that would be a positive movement for the, you know, but I don't, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a, a heavy duty voice. I'm not a voice in this movement. I, I have an opinion on it. I have a support for it. I got love for it, but I, I don't have a voice in it. But just, I think that would be a positive movement. And just to all. say, like, I have the utmost respect for George Floyd. He did a crime back in the past. I'm not going to mention that crime because I'm not going to shame anybody for that. He did his time. He came out of jail, turned his life around, was doing something positive with his life. Okay, I said earlier he was on fentanyl. Maybe he had a drug problem, but who doesn't have a drug problem? It's it's 2020. I don't I, have I, a drug problem. Then, you know, <laughs> I self-healed. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I drink. I drink on camera. So alcohol is a drug, people. Like, I have a, the most respect for this guy. I feel really bad for his family. I feel really bad for anybody's family. I don't care if he was white or black or anything. I just don't understand why breaking into stuff and, all right, I don't want to go off into a tangent. Well, I mean, if you want to take a minute and address riots, you know, I... No, let's talk reparations. We're supposed well, to... let's, I just want to say one thing about the about the rioters, right? If, if, right now, like I said, it comes in waves, right? We're in phase one. If I, if I was an active part of this protest, to tell you the truth, thinking like a like a, a chess game and not a checkers game, mm -hmm. I would not be smashing down on the rioters as a protester. I would be like, I wouldn't be uh, turning them into the cops. I wouldn't be doing any of that stuff. You know why? Because if protests fail, you're going to need allies. Because yeah. when the stage two comes, that's when you're going to want the, the 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 thugs with the you know the ashy knuckles and the and the and the biker tattoos and the, and the white boys with guns and you're going to want all those things. And the stage two is coming because maybe whoa whoa no. we don't want that you we, don't want that no, nobody wants nobody that. wants that. But you said be a prepper, right? Well, that's why as be a prepper. That's why as uh, if if I was an active participant in the daily marches. And, uh, you know, uh, what you say, hypothetically, you know, the cops are like, hey, who, 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 who do you know that was part of the riots? But, you know, uh, you know, can you point them out? Are they here at the protest? I would be I would I wouldn't say a thing. I just feel like stage two is coming because, like I was saying earlier, second degree murder, they can't prove from that video. They could approve manslaughter. This cop would be in jail. Oh, yeah. Back to that. Right. Yeah, back to that. He, back could, to that. He, he would be in jail. Definitely. All I can say to that is that there's a balance there. Right. If you. Now let's put yourself in, in, in the shoes of the politician. If you are part of the political machines of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 
you do not want to have an escalation in riots. No. So I don't think that anybody is going to pad the uh, the uh, jury for this one. They're I not. don't think there's going to be a whole lot of uh, trickery They're in this not. one. I but think they have what? their scapegoat and they are going to crucify him. And that's what I think. I think that he has connections with the prosecutor because he's been a police officer there for so long. I think he's going to get off with some sort of probation or maybe like five months in jail because they tried to charge him with second degree murder. I think he could have been a fluffer for that prosecutor and he is not going to get any help. It is not going to help his ass because he is uh, he, he, he is he is going to get thrown to the wolves. If yeah. the, the prosecutor will get thrown to the wolves if uh, you know he'll get eaten. Alive. The, 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 the hammer will come down on him. Well, I'm not talking so. about the hammer of the wall. I'm talking about the hammer. It would come down on him if if there was riots that broke out, that that, that would be where they would go. I really hope so. But hope I, so what? I hope that the hammer comes down on the prosecutor if he lets this guy off easy. But I do think them stepping up the charges from third degree murder, that was a much better, like they could have got a third degree murder charge, step it up to a second degree murder charge. It should have been manslaughter. He he could have did he could have did real jail time for manslaughter. But when you say it's second degree murder, he's going to take it to trial. And when, well, he takes I mean, it to, when he takes it to trial, he has proof that it wasn't second. Does he have control murder. of that? Yeah. Okay. So you're gonna you think that he's virtue signaling to calm things down now, but he's wait, going to but wait. Who's virtue signaling? The prosecutor who has control of the charges. No, I'm talking about the mayor who upped the charges. Okay. So you think that the mayor? Well, that that would put the mayor and the prosecutor at ends at odds. It would. But I'm saying if they would have charged him with the appropriate crime. He'd be in jail. They charged him with an inappropriate crime to try to look virtuous. Mm. So now he's probably going to get away with it. I don't think that would be good for anybody. It wouldn't be good for anybody. And that's why I said the second. That's why I don't think it will happen. That's why I said the It second. won't be good for anybody. It won't be. Except for the cop that did it. It's not going to be good for anybody. It won't be. But how many times do people manipulate the law? Yeah, I don't think it's happening here. You know why they manipulate the law? Because it benefits, right? They call it the uh, quid pro quo. They're the only quid pro quo in manipulating this story is in favor of the cop who did it. Nobody else benefits. What about Joe Biden's quid pro quo? No, that's a different video. That We're going to be on video for that one. But yeah, seriously, I think that they really messed up when they did that. This cop should be in jail. He wasn't a cop. He was a criminal disguised as a cop. He should be in jail. The trumped up charges, that's going to get him off. But people want to see that. People want to see that he's charged with second degree murder. People want to see him charged with first degree murder. But... If they really wanted him in jail, they should have charged him with manslaughter because then he'd really be in jail. All he has to do is get a good lawyer, open up a couple of law books, boom, he's right back out on the street. He might not have a job, but he's right back out on the street. And that was stupid. I don't see that happening. Okay. We'll see. History will tell on that one. How long do you think it'll take? I don't know, but as soon as it happens, I want- I Weeks, want, months? I want you over here to do a video. It, it could take months. Like, you know, you know how cases are. All right. Let's talk about reparations. So- the reparation situation. The CEO of BET, Robert Johnson, wants $13 trillion in reparations for slavery. He says, now's the time. Okay, well, this is ridiculous to me. As a black man, it's kind of actually insulting. Why do I need other people's tax dollars? Because possibly some of my descendants may have been slaves. And I say possibly because I don't even know if my descendants were slaves or if they were from the Caribbean. Not all black people were slaves back then. Also, what would be the distribution metric? Who gets what? So if my descendants were Caribbean, do I still get reparations? I mean, reparation talk, I, I feel like it's just left-wing virtue signaling. 
They know it would never work. None of us are slaves or even know a person alive that was a slave. Slavery ended in 1863. It was a terrible thing. It's a part of American history. 1863, and people are still talking about government checks in 2020? Give me a break. Reparations is just another form of government dependence, which is slavery in my opinion. Just a different form of slavery. Every time slavery is brought up, it's hurtful. Why do I want to be constantly reminded about a time when my ancestors may have been slaves? It's just backwards. All right. So I'm going to uh, start. I'm going to start at 1863. Right. The simple statement that slavery is illegal. Yes. The Emancipation Proclamation. Yep. People don't know what that is. Look it up. Doesn't mean that slavery ended. Just on the the simple scale. Indentured servants. I no, know. no, no. Just on the simple scale. The, the Civil War didn't end in 1863. Right? It, it lasted a couple of years uh, until 1865. So it, it, it didn't end. Slavery didn't end just because a piece of paper said that it ended. So Civil War ended, slavery ended, right? The, the, the South was beat. And then there was a big period that happened. And, you know, the South was prostrate for, for a long time. The Civil War ended and the South was under the thumb of military rule um, by the North for, I think it was 15 years after the, until the end of the Civil War. And during that time, there was a lot of, uh, you know, post-war looting uh, in, in various different forms. And, uh, you know, the, the South the South was kept prostrate. And that led to some, you know, <laughs> resentment that they still, that the, you know, they still held up until the 60s. And that is still out there today. You know, every time you see the rebel flag, that's because somebody's great grandfather was, you know, in the Civil War and that was passed on in, in the Flame family. And, uh, you know, that is a great breeding ground for prejudice. Starting with that. It is. But for a note, don't forget that white people fought in the Civil War, too. Well, I was going to say that. You know, my... my that, that wasn't for you. That was for the listeners. Yeah. my Well, my family, uh, my you know, everybody's got a lot better, different strands of their family, right? So I'm a Rogers. My, my, my family line can be traced in America back to 1634. Uh, my dad's got a book uh, that started, that actually ends in 1899 when my grandfather was born. But so it goes back to 1634. And, uh, you know, they came over, religious persecution, uh, Puritans, and they settled in Connecticut. So addressing the issue of, well, addressing the fact that, uh, you know, the, the war was fought by two sides, one of them being the North. Let's talk about slavery in a little bit of detail. At the time of the beginning of the Civil War, uh, 30% of the white population of the country resided in the South, 70% resided in the North. Out of the 30% that resided in the South, 25, 26% of them were slave owners, varied by state. That is the average. So in totem, about 8% of the United States population at the beginning of the Civil War was slave owners. It was an institution of the rich, right? That is a simple fact. Uh, it was ingrained in Southern society. Um, there were some slaves in the North, percentage-wise was very low, but it was here. Um, but in general, the, the, the you know, the, the slave owning population was rich um, and the society itself had the whole mentality of racism. It was a little bit more than it was a lot more than prejudice. It was racism uh, was ingrained in their society where there was that racial superiority, um, not just discomfort. But 8% of the population had slaves and 70% of the population of the United States, the white population of the United States, declared war 
in, in order to uh, free slaves, my family, being from Connecticut and in the North, uh, was a participant, whether active or through financial means and support of the homeland in invading the, the newly formed country of the Confederate States of America. And so me tie this in with, let's say, white privilege or no, white guilt, for example. I don't have white guilt over slavery. I just don't have it. You and shouldn't. I, I don't. And I and and, and I don't I, I hope that nobody takes this as an offensive remark, but I don't have white guilt over slavery because I can trace my lineage back so far. Do I think it is uh wrong that there were slaves? Hell yeah, I think it's wrong. Just like my ancestors thought it was wrong. And I think that uh, across the globe, throughout history and throughout time, when one group of people subjugated and enslaved another, everybody can say today that that was wrong. Um as far as reparations are concerned, so much the, the country wouldn't be like it is today without without that without uh, the blood, sweat, and tears of Black people. Not just fighting the the numerous wars since the revolution, but uh, in in building of the country. Right, you know every every building and and, and road and uh, railroad and and all every every piece of infrastructure and business in this country, whether physically built by or because they were doing something else was built with other labor was 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 uh, has a has a piece of, of, of black person's heart and soul in it right every building ever in the country financially you got to take the whole start of the, the the country to kind of think of a number for reparations you'd have to you would have to go before the start of the country you have to think all the way back to 1629 I think it was and you'd have to to compile the the amount of money that would be owed for harness labor that never had recompensation and then to to add up and tally up all the interest and potential earnings from that would be incalculable right who gets them though who gets reparations so how do we calculate you, that you said something about you said something about um uh, caribbeans right yeah who gets reparations so why are you talking about caribbeans because we have many black caribbeans in the united states that were born here I'm saying Caribbean because how many Caribbean Americans live in the United States? Were Southern slave owners sending ships to the Caribbean to harness black people to be slaves? To my knowledge, a majority, vast majority of all slaves that came to the United States did not come directly from Africa. They came as seasoned slaves from the Caribbean. So really, I didn't know that. To the best of my knowledge, I want to say, I can't remember the exact number, but it was a high percentage. We're talking 80, 90 percent of, of all slaves actually came to America through the Caribbean because the United States um, was not you know, the only nation that was uh, was in that practice of slavery. Uh, it, was, it permeates society throughout all time. So um, even if I was wrong about like most of the slaves coming from Africa, who sold the slaves from Africa and the Caribbean? Was it white people or black people? Well, have you ever seen the movie Amistad, for example? No, it was too boring for me. Dude, great movie. Anyway, you know, who who sold, right? Who sold? I mean, if you wanted to track down the lineage of each family, and, and that, that's a whole other thing that's incalculable, right? It, it's 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 too hard to find. Hours. So, hours, no. Forget about it. It's impossible. Uh, we're talking about the, the resources of the nation to try to find out who bought where and who, who, who like, if you want to say, oh, well, this, this like, in the movie Amistad, let me get back there. In the movie okay. Amistad, uh, a, a portrait Portuguese slaver goes over and and purchases slaves. 
Now, these were captured people by Africans, by the way, because that's another very high number, by the way, 90, like almost all the slave catchers, like the ones who originally catched um, people and got them out of the jungle and the the villages and or purchased them through war. Right. Because, you know, one tribe fights another tribe. They have. They have uh, captives and, you know, they're going to say, hey, we'll take this one, take this one. Hey, you know what? Let's get some money. Let's, let's, we need some guns. We need some pots and pans. And that's how the, that's that's how that's the, the harsh and stark reality of it, to my understanding, is that people, that's how it was done. People don't want to hear that. So, though. I mean, well, it, well, your line of questioning kind of says, OK, well, who was the first one to, to, to purchase that? Slime? You know, so let's just say your family's family, you know, was purchased from some guy in the Caribbean who got it from some guy off the coast of Africa. Who was actually captured by some uh, uh, village that's still there today? Now, who should pay Th- that village? The Portuguese guy, the Caribbean island, or America? Is that what you're kind of saying? That's what I'm kind of saying. Who is liable? Nobody should be liable. It's over. It was long time ago. We hey, it's a point. What can I say? That's a point. That's a point, and it's a very, very valid point. I think it's insignificant. I think that uh, it doesn't yes. matter to me. And yes. I'm going to tell you why. It doesn't matter to me either. No, no, I'm going to tell you why. That I don't, I don't care. I, I, th- I, th- I, I am totally comfortable with reparations. You know why? Why? For a few reasons. One is that all the things I just said, like the country wouldn't be what it is today without without labor. Black. What people. is the metric? Well, if you just did the simple math. Um, I, my math was on 14 million because I read the same article. I thought it said 14 million. So 14 million divided by, uh, I want to say, I, I think I put the number at 60, like, 60 million Americans it, today, black Americans today. It's so, supposed to be around like $400 a month. Forget about $400 a month. It would be a lump sum payment of $250,000. Why? Well, that's what that math works out to. But why do I deserve? Hey, I'm going to tell you something. If, I, if, I, if I'm going to sit here and say, you know what? Just in a, in a short version, but I'm going to approve reparations. I am not going to say it's a promise to pay. I'm going to say we're going to print this shit off right now and we're going to dole it out. And dig back to the lineage? No, no. I, that's you. That's not me. No, I, I, no, that was you. You brought up that point. For me, it's everybody who is an American citizen that is black can have a payout. Now, why? Well, why? Yeah. Because the country wouldn't be what it is today. You have an incalculable amount of money. That, that 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 was that was never paid to begin with, and then you would have the time, the hundreds of years of time of of the the the, the prosperity that could be built up from that money, and that is that is that is why. Do we live in the greatest country in the world? No. What's the greatest country in the world? Insignificant. No, I'm just asking. Oh, I don't know. I'm happy. It could be, be though. Yeah, I think it I'm is. gonna tell you something. I stole that from well, the movie Newsroom well, with the Dumb and Dumber guy. I don't know was that, right, that what the name of the right, whatever. No, no, that's good. No, I want this on. That's what's his name. I will keep this on. Not Newsroom. I was thinking of Anchorman. With you just killed the dude with a trident. That guy. <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking about Newsroom. He was grilled. He it was asked. You know, is this the greatest country in the world? And he said no, but it could be. We have the charters of freedom. We're not the greatest country in the world, but we. What are, is your metrics? My metrics are: you can come to this country completely dirt poor. With absolutely nothing, you know, you can work your way up to. You know what his answer to that was? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say I. I I haven't seen it. Okay, well, it's a quick clip. It's like three minutes on YouTube. He says Canada's free, Belgium's free, France is free. Two hundred and seven countries, 180 of them are free. Then why did they need so much of our NATO money to stay free? Well, I mean, that's a whole different topic. No, it's not. Sure, it is. They're free because we are free, and because we have the financial resources to protect them. Why do we have the financial resources? Because after World War II, we had 75% of the world's gold, which is the wealth. And Yeah, that's the real wealth. Buy gold and silver. 
after that. But I'm actually, I, just to, to hit on that quick, I don't know how much time we're going to spend on that, but to hit on that quick, grow food and harvest seeds. It is the poor man's way to pull gold out of the ground. Okay, so how are we going to distribute reparations, right? Yeah. We're going to distribute them, you know, based off the population, you know, the, the, the total, which let's go with 14 trillion divided by the population, which, you know, I, I, I think it's 42 million. So if you do the math, then it comes out to a substantial number. Um, I think that number is 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 well over three hundred thousand. So it would be a payment of three hundred thousand dollars to every man, woman, and child that is of African descent. But hold James on, hold Baldwin, on. hold on, everyone who was black during slavery time wasn't a slave. So who decides? Who gets reparations and who decides who doesn't get reparations? My family's from Eufaula, Alabama. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that I have slaves in my family. Mm -hmm. My family originates from Alabama. But say your family originated from New York, where you just said that the slave population was very low in New York. Mm -hmm. Why should people who never had slaves in their family, why should they get a check every month? Well, I mean, do you think that... A whole lot of black people immigrated here on their own free will before 1863? Nope. I don't think anybody. Okay. So even if somebody was free during the end of the war and they weren't an actual slave, and let's say that they were born in 1784 to uh, a guy who, who had fought in the Civil War or the Revolutionary War and earned his freedom. And then that person had kids. And it's a third generation free black man in America at the end of the Civil War or woman. And you don't think that that person deserves a payment? They came over as a slave. doesn't matter how many generations they were free. It doesn't matter how many generations somebody today is free. If you're going to talk reparations, then the, the minutia of who gets it is, is, is going to be as foolish as saying, well, somebody who worked in the field picking cotton didn't it worked way harder than somebody who worked in the big house. And that guy who worked picking cotton, his family should get more money than the guy who worked in the big house. The, the argument is, 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 is almost the same. And, 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 and uh, it is, but how many days have I spent as a slave? Zero. Why do I deserve money for being a slave when I'm not a slave? Because I, if my you... ancestors were brought into the greatest country in the world, and I know we can debate on whether we're the greatest country or not. We can say that for another debate because I'd love to have you on again. But why do I deserve? I'm doing fantastic right now. If I was in a village in Africa, I could die from a mosquito bite. So yes, slavery was terrible. It was a terrible, terrible thing. But me, as a person, my daughter, we're going to grow up in the greatest country in the world. If it wasn't for slavery, that wouldn't happen. Slavery was terrible. It didn't happen to me. Maybe if I was sitting here with my grandfather, not even my grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, I could say, okay, well, listen, slavery was a terrible, terrible thing and blah, blah, blah. We could talk about that. But I have every opportunity in the world to make anything I want of myself. And it was because of slavery. Yes, it was terrible. Definitely terrible. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be me if it wasn't for slavery. It was so long ago. My life, I like my life. I love my life. If it wasn't for slavery, I wouldn't love my life. Am I saying slavery was good? No, it was terrible. But now we have opportunities. LeBron James can throw a basketball through a hole a couple times a year, and now he's a multimillionaire. We're not oppressed anymore. Black people aren't oppressed. We, we, we run every facet of entertainment. We run sports. We run music. We run movies. We are in charge now. 
Now we have to be responsible with it. We don't need white people kneeling before us. And that's all I'm saying. We have equality. We actually almost have superiority. Maybe I made some different decisions, but if I wanted to be a football player, I would have crushed it. So I just don't understand why we need reparations. I got a short answer and I got a long answer. So the short answer is generational wealth. And that is, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, that uh, you know, the, the, the poor people of the world don't think about too much, including my father. You know, we're, we're talking about poor in America, you know, being way, way, way better off than poor in, in Africa. So uh, like you said, you're, you're in the greatest, you're, you're, you're in a financial in a much better spot than if you were uh, living off of uh Three thousand dollars a year in in uh, you know in in an African country, that that is a fair point, and you bring it up, I'm going to concur that that there is some validity to that, absolutely. But generational wealth wise, how many um, you know Rockefellers would there be that uh, were a blackface, and how many other uh, big wealthy established families that 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 would have generation upon generation upon generation of wealth. Not everybody in the world, most people in the world actually, don't make their money like LeBron James. You know, they don't make it in that short period of time. Right. But that's an entertainment industry kind of phenomenon. Where are the Rockefellers now? But where are the Jameses now? Yeah. They're still bouncing around. The Rockefellers are? Hell yeah. They're still you don't hear about them anymore. You hear about LeBron every day. Well, I mean, there's Limelight Rich and then there's there's us. There's like there's me, rich like me. I feel like we're in charge now. I'm gonna be honest. I couldn't point. I I don't do sports, so I couldn't point. I know his name, but I couldn't point LeBron James out of a lineup. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know. I, know I'm not, he, I, I think know. he plays for the Lakers, but I'm not exactly sure. I know what he looks. Does like. Does he play for the Lakers? Maybe I don't follow basketball, mm. but I do see him posting political stuff every day. Uh huh. So, like, how are you? Is it good? I don't follow him. Um, no, it's always or white cops need to die. Black Lives Matter, and I'm like, bro. You have such a strong voice. Why don't you use it better? That is a that is a, a irresponsible way to use such a big platform, especially when you're super rich from throwing around a ball. And I think I think comments like that are going to are going to stall out a good start of a movement that addressing police brutality just as much as Candace Owens' post I seen the other day deflating it, and just as much as this conversation where. You, you, you know, we're, we, we kind of moved on to reparations and we're kind of waning away from it. But, you know, to bring it to 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 keep it above board, to keep it on the peaceful side for as long as possible, potentially for the whole discussion. You know, you can't have a, a platform like that um, being so negative. Whether it's negative saying, oh, we should kill cops or whether it's negative saying, um, you know, the whole movement is a lie. Uh, if you if you if you if you want to harness it, you know, as if 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 it becomes a unity kind of issue, uh, not just with race, but with with parties, then it, it, it shouldn't be minimized so early out of the gate. I mean, you said that this is old and it's and, it, and it's already corrupt. The movement itself is not old and corrupt. Um, it's brand spanking new. Uh, this round of it is brand spanking new. This round, yes, I agree. I mean, we're not talking about, uh, you know, you're not, you're not talking about uh, 
setting aside a, a, a battle against prejudice. You're you're talking about well, this is not my battle for prejudice. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that you know, is it started by a leftist nefarious organization? Maybe. Does it, it? But a grassroots movement that has numbers in the millions can only be nudged. It cannot be commanded by by that one voice. Black Lives Matter could be beautiful. It could be a beautiful thing for black people. But the Ferguson Missouri riots started by Barack Obama when he said, well, America's racist. Did you see it? I wanted to go back because that's the past. I'm talking about this week. Well, I just want to let you guys know that like race problem, it started all the way back in slavery. It's still slavery. We're still living as slaves. It started back in slavery. You know, I mean, the slavery has always been with us. Right. But why are we still focusing on that in 2020? That's gonna generational wealth. I'm telling you, that's the one word answer. But answer. It is. Like, if I'm told every single day that I can't do something because of the color of my skin, from the time I'm a little kid, mm-hmm. I'm going to wake up, I'm going to grow up, I'm going to get bigger and bigger and say, I can't do this because I'm black. I can't do this because I'm black. I can't do this because I'm black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people like Candace Owens, like, I love her. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she's my guy, but she could do more. Well, you know? Yeah. yeah, she could do more. I'm just saying that, like, any celebrities, the black celebrities... Oh, the the protests are okay. Where are you? You're hiding behind your big gates. You're not in danger. The people that are really in danger are the people on the streets like us. So stop trying to incite the riots. If you want to have a voice, somebody like LeBron James, I I know what he looks like. Not like you, but like I know what he looks like. Mm -hmm. I don't follow basketball or whatever. I don't know his score or, or his record. But somebody with a voice that big could start a new movement could start a unifying movement. All he has to do is come out one day on video, on YouTube, on Twitter and say, listen, white people, black people, we need to get together. Let's fight police brutality. It doesn't sound like that's where his heart is at uh, as far as unity is concerned. And that's just from the one comment that you gave me. We need unity. So, I mean, seeking out and 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 before I had mentioned, you know, if if the movement gets big enough and it's a unity movement, then it's not just black voices of the Republican right, but it can be any voices that are strong voices. And you know, his his voice could turn out to be very strong, but it could be given the wrong message. And everybody has a choice to follow that message or not follow that message. Yeah, they do. But again, seventy percent of the people aren't paying attention. LeBron James is a very powerful person, mm-hmm. very powerful. Everybody listens to everything he says. And when he when he goes on Twitter and says, yo, we need to go out and we need to do this and blah, blah, blah. Like, bro, you made it. Mm-hmm. You didn't let oppression keep you down. You made it. Yeah, but, and, and back to the point of, of, the, of the question you said, why should reparations be even considered? It's because of generational wealth. Not everybody makes his money like their money, like LeBron James or, or entertainment. So- that is something that's part of financial education that most people that the most of the world doesn't get because they don't teach financial education in the world. And everybody aspires to be like LeBron James and, and run a basketball down the court, which is fine. It's awesome. Right. Entertainment's great. Um, or everybody uh, aspires to be, uh, you know, that uh, actor or actress or or musician. And that's fine. But. 
that is a small segment of the workforce, so entertainment. You are a very financially oriented person. How much money should I get a month because maybe maybe my great-grandfather was a slave? How much money should I get? I don't think you should ever, ever. I don't think it should be a promise to pay, right? I don't think it's so like Social Security. It's a promise to pay. How well is that going to do in the next couple months and years? <laughs> Social Security is almost done. Why? Because of it's been pilfered. Greedy politicians. It's been pilfered. It, when Social Security started, there was 12 people paying out for every one recipient back in the 1930s, right? So 12 people paying into a system that was paying that was paying out one. Now it's under three, if I'm not mistaken. There's under there's less than three people paying into the system. And one is getting received. On top of that, the war chest that was created from genera- from decades of con- contributions has been pilfered because it, it has been uh, that that money that was in there to fund it was taken out, and an IOU was put in by politicians that probably date back to the seventies. I'm guessing it started On both the left and the right. By the way, so why the hell would you ever want to entrust fourteen trillion dollars? to a government that has to borrow $2 trillion to run themselves. Absolutely not. I would be totally against reparations if it was trusted for the United States government to dole out on a monthly basis. And that's my problem. So you should get a cash payment. That is my problem with now, reparations. You know what? You asked me a couple of questions. I want to okay. I want to okay. pose a question to myself. All right, hit me up. That uh, I feel that uh, is the most obvious one, that why would I even support that, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's 160 years later. My family was Puritans. Your family was Puritans. At, right? I, I, and I'm, I don't, I don't know this. I didn't mention before, but you know, I, 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 a lot of Puritan families were part of that abolitionist movement, um, and the potentiality that the, either served in the in the Northern forces during the Civil War. Uh, you know, why would I even support something like that? Right? Yeah. Because the generational wealth argument which we glossed over is is a very valid one and you know to give you $250,000 would just make a whole new rich right it would make a whole it, the average american family the median right dead smack middle is worth about $97,000 all races all uh, right in the middle they're worth about $97,000 so to give you 250 grand is going to create 47 million people that have $250,000 cash in their pocket. And that is going to be an economic boom to this country. So instead of printing off $8 trillion like they have in the last three months to to support coronavirus, to support stock markets, which are owned uh, 80% by the top 1% of the population, they just gave $8 billion to the top 1% of the population. The rich have, have been supported by the stock market so much on the promise of trickle down economics. But the truth is, giving you $250,000 for somebody like me, an entrepreneur, whose goal is to uh, sell vegetables to uh, my neighbors or, you know, seeds. I want to start a seed company, right? Sell seeds to people who want to have a garden in their backyard. My, given, given 60 million of, or 47 million, I, I don't know the exact number, 47 million of my fellow Americans, $250,000 cash. Is going to be an economic boom to me because I'm an entrepreneur. It's going to build businesses for them. It's going to build. It's going to support the housing market. It's going to. It would be great, and I would much rather give it to to. It's 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 almost why I I, I support some Bernie Sanders stuff. I would rather give it 
to them than give it to the rich people. But why do I deserve free money? And it's not free. You know that money comes from tax people. And Bernie Sanders even condemned the reparations. If somebody, I think, look. How does Bernie Sanders uh, benefit from reparations? He doesn't. Because he didn't think of it. Yeah. yeah he wants he to give away free stuff that he thought of. That's right, politics. That he thought of. When you have somebody as crazy as Bernie Sanders who's like, reparations will not work. They won't work. Why does he say, do you know? I have no idea. Because he's Bernie Sanders. He just says, okay, another, he, he says whatever he has to say to try to get elected. Another, um, and I also feel really bad for Bernie Sanders because the Democratic Party keeps, he should be the nominee right now, not Joe Biden. I don't like Bernie Sanders' politics. I don't like Bernie Sanders' politics I don't, at all. I don't, I don't like he's got big way, government. He's got way more support than Joe Biden does. Yeah. I, I don't like big government. I don't. Uh, I don't think it, it, it's it's good for the, the country. It's not good for the the budgets. It's it's a yeah. I'm all like, let so, me let me do my thing. You do your thing. Leave me alone, and we'll just do yeah. That's thing. libertarian. Like, I guess. Yeah. Um, back to uh, reparations. Um, another another um, point on that, which economically it would be a boon to everybody. And, you know, by the way, there's a 60-40 split in the black American community of whether reparations would is, is something they even want, right? 60-40 yeah. split when polled. So uh, I think I got this from um, from James Baldwin in, the, in that video that I, that, I, that I watched and I loved. And I'm going to watch again because he has said a lot of great stuff. But, you know, if reparations was even happening, right? One of my one of my issues with it is that it's not going to heal prejudice in the United States, right? No. So it's not going to heal that, and that's 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 one of my big motivating factors is that you know how can we heal prejudice? Like police brutality, really bad thing. Everybody's saying it's based on uh, uh, prejudice, racism, prejudice, right? And you know that has a, some validity to it. Uh, there's also some validity. Some validity. There's, it is valid. Well, yeah, there's, yeah, it's valid, but there's also validity. And, and I'm, I'm going to say this just because I, I was a victim of police brutality. I, I was a victim. So I'm allowed to say stuff so like this I. about so police brutality. We both so can. I wasn't beaten because I was black. I was beaten because I was a punk. Sometimes. Exactly. But well, can, sometimes. You can't say that shit if you're black. No, no. Well, All why right. can't you say that? I mean, I thought I'm not supposed to say it because I'm white. No, I can't say that because I'm black. I can't say I got beaten because I was a punk. I'm not saying all the time. Because then they're going to call me an Uncle Tom and all this stuff. But sometimes. But they don't even know what Uncle Tom's cabin was about. But you should read it. Still, the times that I was beaten by police, I was a punk. The times that I got let off by police nicely, I was a gentleman. Like, yeah. So, I mean, that that punk thing only is not all the time. Right. There's definitely prejudice. Right. There's definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a white guy. I, I, I was I'm a, I'm a, you know, Jersey born. I grew up in upstate New York. Real quick. I'm not going to cut you off again. I get pulled over more than you do because they see me and are like, oh, black guy in a car. If if I'm respectful, like I understand that we commit more of the crimes, but it's not OK that we commit more of the crimes because you only represent 13 percent of the population. We represent black people. Represent thirteen percent of the population mm -hmm. of the United States. I know that's just so like I'm not saying like okay, the police can target us because we commit more crimes. We commit more crimes at a rate that is just it's staggering. And when I get pulled over, sometimes when I am very respectful, I'm like, "Here, how are you doing, officer?" I keep my hands on the steering wheel because I don't want to get shot because I know that there are some racist cops. But then I'll talk to the cop for a minute. And I'm like, "Okay, he's a cool guy." So I take my hand off the steering wheel. I reach over, do my thing. Like police brutality, like I'm not going to get killed because I'm black. I might get targeted, 
because 13% of the population, we do most of the crime. Mm-hmm. I understand that they target us. I'm more likely to get pulled over than you are. I understand that. Is that racist? Yes. No, it's prejudice. It's prejudice. You're right. As soon as I start talking to the cops, they're like, hey, we like you. I give my friend state trooper card. I'm like, yo, I do. Be a gentleman. Yes, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I did see the George Floyd video. What? I don't, I don't, I didn't see mouthing off. I didn't see him resistant. I don't no, know. There's, there's nothing before the police so nailing on his head. Yeah, nothing, and, right? Yeah. Nothing. No, I see nothing. Nothing. He didn't deserve to be fucking choked out like that. That's yeah. So cool. it, it, this was not if, an if, issue of if, a if cop this, beating down on a punk. This it, was an issue of prejudice. If this was a white guy, I would feel just as bad. It's cops shouldn't be able to just kill anybody. Okay? Exactly. That's so, the police brutality to, message that the, 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 exactly that is at the heart of of uh, of uh, you know the the the, the protesting. Uh, you know, I watched I watched uh, George Floyd's brother, and and he he gave a, a really good. Pretty powerful speech. He gave a really good yeah. speech. So I think I think that would be a message to uh, to uh, you know harness and 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 follow. Um, you know, he wanted to keep it peaceful. He wanted to, to keep it real. He was uh, supportive of the movement, right? Supportive of you know against police brutality. Um, and uh, you know that that's 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 something that I can totally support and and lend my voice to. You know, back to back to reparations um, with uh, regards to the fourteen trillion and paying out uh, forty seven million Americans a lot of money, which I am not against because I'd rather give it to uh, Black Americans who, if were generations were uh, able to harness the economic output of their ancestors and it was able to to be to be pushed forward through generations that that that's very possible they'd have that money anyway who pays for that we'll get there so we'll get there we'll get there that's, right. a, that's a whole nother tangent and i want to make a point here first <laughs> right. but so financially i think 14 trillion that's a fair enough number i mean the the how, you know how many how many dollars are there in the world right I mean, I know how much there's, uh, it's, um, America is never, oh, gonna it's get, like 2.5 quadrillion, right? America is never going to get out of debt. We're just going to keep raising the debt. Oh, well, I wasn't talking about debt. I'm talking about like how much money is yeah, there? Like how much money And is there's there? a lot, dude. There's a lot. I mean, you're talking but, quadrillions. That would give every black American $250,000 in their pocket. I am comfortable with that because of generational wealth, because of the country wouldn't be the same uh, if if there never was a Black America in their say, labor. Didn't you say that we built this country too? Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, so why if we built this country too, and everybody's prosperous, why do we get two hundred fifty thousand dollars for helping to build a country? Generational wealth. I I might not know the exact definition. Of generation okay, well, generational wealth. is the simple. All right, cool. Um, it's simple. Uh. If you if you if you get inheritance from your parents, that is generational wealth, okay, right? Or your grandparents gave your parents, or their grandparents gave their, you know. So that's generational wealth. That's so why, when you that's stack, why people hate Trump. I get it. I understand now, one hundred percent. Trump, yes, yeah, that's a, yeah. the, 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 I'm serious. He he's got, got cash. He, he yeah, got, he got given he got, cash. He got given cash from his dad. Oh, I have a great quote about Trump, man. Oh. I'm going to share it with you later. It was, it was got, hilarious. I support Trump, but he did. He didn't start. He didn't come up from the ground up. He, no. he got money from his dad. Is generational wealth? Yes. So an, okay, I get you. Yeah. So if fourteen, if you if you took the generational wealth compiled for for let's just call it two hundred and fifty years, that generational wealth could 
far surpassed $14 trillion. So I think it's a modest price tag, to tell you the truth. Now, I'm not saying more. I'm not saying less. I'm just saying if you just took those the, the raw numbers of that and tried to calculate it, I think that would be modest because there's quadrillions of dollars in the world. And say 12% of the popular, the richest country in the world, the, the most, for a long time, I don't know where the richest right this second because we're in so much debt, but the, 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 the economic prosperity and output of the United States calculated over 400 years, if you don't think 12% of the population would equal $4 trillion, I think you're very well underestimating your, your peoples. But right? why, why am I working 60 hours a week to pay for reparations to give back to myself and to give back to other people I don't even know who don't even care to work, who haven't looked for a job in 15 years? Why are you taking my tax dollars over something I had nothing to do with? You had nothing to do with. Your ancestors had nothing to do with. You just said that. Why are we taking money from people for tax dollars to give to other people because slavery? How many years is this? Because slavery? I don't understand. I, I really just don't understand. And I don't understand how to distribute the wealth. Well, I mean, the distribute wealth part, I think, is a no-brainer. You, you, it's equal to every single person. It's so not based if, off if of... A, if there's a 10-year-old blackhead... He should, should get it. He should get reparations. Yeah. Why? Because his great-great-great-great-grandfather was a slave? He should get it the same as you or any 90-year-old black guy should get so it. So how is that going to help him to go get a job? That's a, a fair point, right? If so you don't earn you're, it, you're getting free money. Why would I want to go get a job? Just like the unemployment thing, the current situation. Why should he feel like he should go get a job when he can just get a check every month for nothing? Well, let's just fast forward 30 years. If somebody squanders their $250,000, then shame on them, right? Yes. So fine. That's a fair enough statement that that can happen, and that might happen if if if, if reparations even happened. So that's a fair point that uh, if you don't earn something, then you are not going to cherish it. Yeah. Right. So when you earn something, you care about it more. I'm not like, debating that point. I know. I know. You know I'm just but saying like, but but generational wealth you, is not for you for them. Yeah, generational wealth is my simple point. Uh, is 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 that why it's deserved? But back to what I'm trying to get at with the with um with James Baldwin. And he spoke a little bit about, about gen, uh, generational wealth. He spoke a little bit about reparations. But one of the things that that um, struck me, the, 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 the strongest part of that speech to me, was that I don't. he didn't think, and I don't think, and I actually, no, I'm not even sure where I got this from, but I don't think that reparations would heal an emotional scar of prejudice, right? That's a whole separate issue. For prejudice to be overcome in this country, the edifice of prejudice to become overcome throughout the world, it would take far more than money, right? Money will never paper over that, that kind never. of issue and it would never create happiness. I understand that, but I also understand that there is no actual metric that can distribute reparations. Who decides who gets what? Okay, you're an eight-year-old kid. Are you supposed to get $250,000 for what? So that your parents can use it? You open my eyes to a lot of subjects tonight, and I think you're a great guest on the show. When it comes to reparations, I don't agree with reparations. I will think about your perspectives for a couple of days, and I'll see where I come up with. But I'm just saying, to try to distribute reparations, it seems like an impossible task. Who decides who gets what? And you know what? The people pushing reparations right now, they don't care. It's politics. If it was a real thing, I would care. Just like BLM. I'm tired of politics. If it was a real thing, if you really care about black people, if these politicians really, not you, 
you're my guest. I know you care about black people. I love you, Joe Rogers. If people really cared about black people, then why is it only sometimes? Candace Owens made a good point on that. It's election cycles. I don't think it was just her that made that point, but election cycles. I didn't even hear that point. I didn't even hear that point from Candace Owens, but apparently she's thinking the same way I'm thinking. Why is it only important during election cycles? Why is it only important when it's race related? I don't understand. Yes, Black Lives Matter, but I don't need a hashtag. Black lives always matter. So do white lives. So do Korean lives. And I'm only saying Korean because my girl's Korean. So do Asian lives. Like, everybody's life matters. So do cop lives. Cops are out there getting killed right now, too. Everybody's life matters. Mine does. Yours does. Do I need a movement? I don't need a movement to prove my life matters. Do you believe our system of government has turned authoritative, authoritarianism? Yes. Okay, so yes. supporting an anti or a, a police brutality movement, which is in its essence, whether they don't they define this or not, uh, define it like this or not, is is taken away authority from an authoritarian government. So this is this is uh you know an, another good segue to to a different kind of political conversation. But you know we have this two party system in the country, and uh, it's time for a third party. And yes. I hope this third party is 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 something more along the lines of the vein we've been talking about, right? Uh, more libertarian, more freedom, less authoritarian control. And, you know, I think that can be a unity issue. I think that some people will take, uh, you know, would, would, would take a look at a libertarian platform and say, all right, well, that's not good because, you know, uh, there, there's a uh, there's some programs that aren't supported by a libertarian kind of platform, right? And yeah. that would, that would I don't think libertarian platform would actually support black lives or reparations, I don't think. But there's a, there's other basic, which we consider today basic human services that wouldn't be um, covered by a libertarian movement. Yeah, it wouldn't. We need another party. So listen. And there's a lot of stuff that the right would disagree with as far as um, money, as far as business is concerned, that libertarians might not agree, uh, that, that might not uh, sit well in. Uh... The right makes me sick. The left makes me sick. We need to be a free people that think for ourselves. That's it. Okay. I'm tired of causes. I'm tired of the right causes. I'm tired of the left causes. People denounce me as, oh, you're a right wing. No, I'm not. I watch them very carefully too. Thank you very much for my friend Joe Rogers coming on. I had a very good conversation with you. I will have you on again on YouTube once my face is better. Thank you for coming on. My pleasure, man. I had a great time. Me too. Check me out on Spotify, but it's likely demonetized.